This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Welcome to The Tonic, your prescription for a healthier and happier life. Here's your host and publisher of Tonic Magazine, Jamie Busson. Hi, I'm Jamie Boston. I'm a former commercial litigator who used to weigh 242 pounds. When I was 38 years old, I lost over 50 pounds through a regimen of exercise and better nutrition. It took me a year to reach my goal, but I thought if a type A personality like me could do it, really anybody can. I'm still asking questions and learning about what it means to live a healthy lifestyle. Please join me on this continuing journey. Today, we'll discuss the health benefits of medicinal mushrooms with Dr. Colleen Hartwick, N.D. We'll find out about men's health with Canadian hockey legend Trevor Linden. We'll discover the importance of a morning ritual with peak performance coach Hina Khan. And lastly, we'll learn whether Canada passed on its vision report card with Dr. Keith Gordon. Before we get to that, here's your tonic quick shot of healthy headlines. According to a new study out of the University College London, Getting less than five hours of sleep in mid to late life could be linked to an increased risk of developing chronic disease. People who reported getting five hours of sleep or less at age 50 were 20% more likely to have been diagnosed with a chronic disease and 40% more likely to be diagnosed with two or more chronic diseases over 25 years compared to people who've slept for up to seven hours. How would you like pain relief without any side effects or addiction? Researchers in Germany are experimenting with new substances that activate adrenaline receptors instead of opioid receptors, have a similar pain-relieving effect to opiates, but are without the negative aspects such as respiratory depression and addiction. These new findings are a milestone in the development of non-opioid pain relief. Researchers in Australia are proposing a new and radically different cure for obesity, sand. New research shows that porous silica made from engineered particles of purified sand can prevent fats and carbohydrates from being absorbed in the body. Porous silica promotes an anti-obesity effect by functioning locally in the gut to restrict fat and carbohydrate digestion and absorption. Importantly, the gentle mechanism is expected to deliver clinically effective outcomes for weight loss without any adverse effects. That was your tonic quick shot. I'll be joined by Dr. Colleen Hartwick, ND, in a moment. But first, a little bit of business. Medicinal mushrooms offer a multitude of health benefits, including immune support, improved energy, and stress reduction. Medicinal mushroom extracts from New Roots Herbal, hot water extracted, providing you validated potency so you get their full health benefits. Discover Reishi, Lion's Mane, or Resilience, a seven-mushroom blend. Find the complete selection of medicinal mushroom extracts from New Roots Herbal exclusively at quality health food stores. To learn more, visit newrootsherbal.com. To ensure the products are right for you, always read and follow the label. Dr. Colleen Hartwick is a licensed naturopathic physician who's been in private practice since 2012 in Campbell River, BC. Dr. Hartwick has a special interest in trauma as it pertains to physical illness, and as such, her practice focuses on mental health. In addition, Dr. Hartwick is passionate about sharing her knowledge and has been a part-time instructor at the Canadian School for Nutrition since 2015 and recently began publishing educational articles with naturopathic currents. Welcome back to the show, doctor. How are you? 
I'm well, thanks. How are you? And thanks again for having me back. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, always great to have you on the show. So I can't recall if this is the last time you were on or the time before, but we were talking about medicinal mushrooms. You're back again, but I think you want to talk about one in particular today. Am I right about that? Yeah, you are right. And honestly, same here. I can't recall if last visit we were talking all about mushrooms in general, if that was the talk before, but regardless, I'm here to talk about reishi and to talk a little bit about a new preparation for reishi. It's actually something that I wasn't that familiar about until recently. So excited to be here to share a little bit more about this mushroom in particular. Okay, so if we're dedicating a conversation to one particular mushroom, it must be pretty, pretty special. So tell us a bit about reishi. Well, I mean, for any of your listeners who are familiar with medicinal mushrooms and are familiar with reishi, they might know that how reishi has been historically known as is just the king of the mushrooms and the mushroom of immortality. So its name precedes itself in terms of its health effects. <laughs> okay. That's a tall order. That's a lot to, you know, what is it? The immortality mushroom? Either the mushroom of immortality, the king of mushrooms. It's got a couple of other sort of superlative names that wow. go by. So yeah, it wow. is a lofty title to live up to. <laughs> okay. So tell us a little about reishi. Like what does it contain? So like most medicinal mushrooms, the main active ingredients, at least the ones that we understand, best are the polysaccharides. They're these long, complex carbohydrates, and one in particular known as beta-glucans, that seem to have the greatest medicinal effects. Also, lots of B vitamins in reishi, antioxidants as well that help to reduce oxidative stress-free radical damage as well. But the big ones are the polysaccharides, especially the beta-glucans. So if it's the king of mushrooms and it's the mushroom of immortality, oh, that's what I'm going to call it. We'll just stop it there. Like, what is it supposed to do for you? What is reishi taken for? Lots of different properties. So the big one, and this is a property that most mushrooms have, is um, helps to modulate the immune system. So it can help to increase immune activity and be protective against various types of viral infections and cancers. Reishi is also under the umbrella of adaptogens. And again, for your listeners who are familiar with adaptogens or for those who aren't familiar, adaptogens are various different plant substances that help us to adapt to stress better. So reishi has been shown in some trials to help reduce cortisol levels and cortisol, that stress hormone that lots of us are familiar with and that chronic stress is associated with things like premature aging, I think hence the title of reishi being the mushroom of immortality helps to reduce physiologic stress compounds so that we can live a longer, healthier life. There's some evidence about reishi being helpful for doing things like lowering blood pressure and lowering cholesterol levels, so getting blood lipids back in order. And the list goes on and on. I mean, I could talk about this for probably more time than we actually have together. Okay. So I recall when we were talking about mushrooms, we were talking about sort of the process in getting, you know, making it ready for consumption. And one of the things we chatted about was hot water extraction. Is that relevant in the reishi context? It sure is if we're talking about using the whole reishi mushroom because those mushrooms, as we talked about last time, which I'm so proud that you remembered, most mature mushrooms, they have this structure. It's known as chitin. It's the same structure that we find in like the shells of crustaceans, so crabs and lobsters. It's really hard to break down. And so if we're wanting to access those juicy, health-benefiting beta-glucans, 
with that chitin structure, they're inaccessible. And so we want to do for the whole mushroom a hot water extract, which you can either find already done for you in a high-quality supplement or if you want to prepare it yourself with the whole reishi mushrooms. You put it in some water over the stove on low heat for several hours. And what that does is it breaks down that chitin enclosure and allows you to access the immune benefiting properties of reishi. Now, there's a new preparation. Again, this one I wasn't as familiar with until the last few months. Mm-hmm. There's a growing body of evidence using the fruiting bodies or the spores of reishi for their medicinal properties. So with the spores, they don't have that chitin structure mm. yet. But they do have a cell wall on them that makes, again, the antioxidants and the polysaccharides inside inaccessible. Like to think about it as like the coating of a jawbreaker where you've got like the soft candy on the inside, but you've got this really hard outer shell that has to be broken down. You can do hot water extract for that cell wall, but what seems to be done more often for preparing reishi spores is just to gently mill them. So it's actually grind down the cell wall to open up and make the polysaccharides antioxidants accessible inside. Okay, so if one were to go to the health food store, you might find reishi slices or powders or capsules. So what are the differences? And break it down for us so that we know what's what. And I presume they're not all the same. No, you're right. Not all preparations are going to be created alike. So if you're looking at say powder or sliced whole reishi mushrooms, chances are, unless you take a look at the back of the label, say for a powdered version, if it doesn't state that there's been either a hot water extract and you don't see a concentration or percentage of polysaccharides, that product hasn't really been prepared in a way to optimize the nutritional benefits. Mm -hmm. And so what that's going to mean is, again, with the powdered form or the slices, you are going to have to prepare it at home through that hot water extraction process. So low heat boiled over the course of many hours to break down the chitin so that you get the essentially the greatest bang for your buck in terms of health effects of reishi. Now, once you go into capsule version, again, you're going to want to take a look on the label of the product because not all supplements, not all capsules will be created equal. So if you're looking for, again, to get your greatest return on investment for reishi, you want to see that if it's the whole mushroom versus the spores, the whole mushroom should say hot water extract, usually on the front of the label, and then on the back of the label where you're seeing the ingredients and the nutritional information, that's where you're going to want to look for that a percentage of polysaccharides and percentage of beta-glucans usually somewhere in the realm of 40% concentration for polysaccharides so that you know you're getting good benefiting effects, good cholesterol-lowering effects. forgot to mention that reishi also helps to increase a brain chemical called BDNF, basically like a fertilizer for our brain cells, for our neurons. helps to create new brain connections and showing some promising effects for mitigating things like Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's. So asking for a friend, the hot water extraction method, if we're going to do it on our stovetop and I guess make almost like a tea out of it, what's the taste like? I don't know if you've had mushrooms before, but it's rather earthy tasting. Okay. (laughs) Some might say it tastes a little bit like dirt. I'm a forager here on Vancouver Island, so I'm very used to the taste of mushrooms. We're in mushroom season right now, so there's a bit of an earthy quality to it. Okay. 
Getting back to the capsules, I mean, my understanding is most capsules are filled with sort of medicinal extracts. So is that the case with the reishi or is it something else? So again, if you're getting a properly prepared reishi supplement, then what you're going to want to look for is that it's been either hot water extracted for the whole mushroom and again, been concentrated for those polysaccharides. So there'll be some percentage of polysaccharide content, but you know that this product's been well prepared so that you get your biggest health effects from it versus a similar product where, again, it's ratio on the front, but you're not seeing that it's undergone hot water extraction and you're not seeing that there's 40% or more polysaccharide content. You'll still get some effect, but probably not as strong as an effect because it hasn't been prepared, again, to optimize those health beneficial compounds. Are the health benefits of the reishi spores like any different than for the reishi itself or is it more specific what it can help with? So from what I've been able to see, it's fairly overlapping in terms of benefits with that BDNF, that brain-derived neurotropic factor for antioxidant composition, for helping to modulate the immune system and keep us protected from various types of cancers and viral infections. So again, this is fairly new technology for me, but it's seeming like it's similarly beneficial to the whole mushroom. Okay. So again, immunity, energy, stress, those types of things it would be appropriate for. Is that right? Yeah, brain health, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So before, earlier in the interview, you used the C word. So, you know, we're a science-based show here. Let's talk a bit about the science behind reishi and how it might help with cancer. And I just... You know, I want to be cautious in in sort of covering this topic. And I really appreciate that because cancer is such a complex pathology with lots of different moving parts. And especially in the realm of nutrition science, there's certainly not the same body of research that we see in, say, conventional medicine. So we're always, and I'm always wanting to, like you, kind of approach these subjects carefully and not give any guarantees. So there's a couple of things around reishi that we've been able to see, at least in small studies, that show some promising effects for things like breast and prostate cancer and a few other types. One is that reishi is really rich in antioxidants and oxidative stress or free radical damage is associated with a greater likelihood of essentially cell mutations. Um, These free radicals can damage our cell and their functionality and turn a normal healthy cell for the course of its life into something that's cancerous or precancerous. And so because reishi has the capacity to neutralize those free radicals and can decrease the likelihood of developing cancer, and then it's immune modulating effects of helping to increase things like T cells. And T cells are a type of white blood cell that our immune system uses to recognize and eliminate cancer cells, viruses as well. Also helps to modulate chemical messengers of inflammation like NS-kappa-B involved in the progression of cancer. So it can help to activate the immune system, help to decrease the development of cancer off the hop, and as cancers develop, help to slow down its progression by modifying the cell communicators that allow cancer to grow and to spread. Right. And I would just add, as a caveat here, this is all great and encouraging for any listener who has cancer or has a loved one or somebody they know with cancer. Nobody's advocating to take reishi to cure cancer. And certainly if you're intending to take reishi because you're encouraged by what Colleen has said, just make sure you're doing it with the knowledge of the health practitioners that are helping you treat the cancer that you might have. 
Absolutely, especially if you're someone who's currently undergoing treatment for cancer, you absolutely want to run that by your oncologist and yep. make sure that we are doing it. Anything that you're adding to your health regime is done safely and effectively, and again, with the awareness and approval of your primary care practitioners. Okay. So focusing in on the spores, spores sound like almost like science fiction-y. Should I be taking spores? Like, what are spores? (laughs) You're not wrong there. A little bit creepy to think about. Yeah. Invasion of the body snatchers. Let's not go there, right? (laughs) I'm getting more images of which alien where the alien like pops out of the belly. There you go. Spores are the fleeting bodies. They're essentially the seeds produced by mushrooms that, again, have this hard sort of seed coat on them. Think about it as like a walnut shell. And then inside that shell is all of the good polysaccharides and compounds that we've already talked about that reishi contains. So they're the fruiting bodies of, or the seeds that reishi produces and other mushrooms produce as well. Okay. Is this like a rare commodity? Is, is it an expensive product, these seeds? So I actually did take a little look into that again, because using reishi spores as a health product versus the whole yeah. uh, mushroom, that's relatively new. And I was looking at the cost, and it's on par with traditional reishi supplements. So it's not going to be more expensive compared to sort of a traditional hot water extract. Good to know. And, and I'm guessing this is not like esoteric. It's available in the health food stores now, correct? Yeah, it might not be available in all health food stores, but certainly becoming increasingly available in health food stores, yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate your time and getting a chance to speak a little bit more about Reishi. That was Dr. Colleen Hartwick, ND. For more discussions and articles about health and wellness, be sure to visit thetonic.ca. We have to take a very short break, but when we come back, we'll discuss men's health with Canadian hockey legend Trevor Linden on The Tonic. Hi, this is Safina, and I'm a Walmart pharmacist. Whether you're looking for a medication review, diabetes screening, or have questions about your health, your local Walmart pharmacist is here to help. Find out more at walmart.ca slash pharmacy services. Hi, this is your Natural Health Minute. I'm Steve Herringer with pro hockey legend Trevor Linden. Our topic, men's health. Well, let's be honest. You know you're not going to make a pro hockey team when you're in your 50s, okay? You're just trying to stay fit and control what you can in your life. What we can control is our exercise and food intake. It's so important to look at the long game and make the little changes that can make a big difference. As you get older, it's so important to monitor your stress and fatigue levels. These can really affect our mental and sexual health. Supplementing with the right men's natural health product is key. I recommend Prairie Naturals Men's Health Formulas. They're scientifically proven to reduce stress, support mental focus, and help relieve prostate issues like frequent urination. Prairie Naturals is my men's health go-to. Prairie Naturals Men's Health Products are recommended by hockey great Trevor Linden. Look for Prost Force, Andro Force, and Stress Force wherever natural health products are sold. A portion of sales donated to the Canadian Men's Health Foundation. Welcome back to The Tonic. Your prescription for a healthier and happier life. Here's your host and publisher of Tonic Magazine, Jamie Busson. Trevor Linden played 20 seasons in the NHL from 1988 to 2008. He played 16 of those seasons with the Vancouver Canucks, earning him the nickname Captain Canuck. 
Fitness and high performance continue to be a big part of Trevor's life. He enjoys cycling and cross-country skiing and has completed several international races in both sports. Currently, he and his wife, Christina, have a son, Roman, and reside in the Vancouver area. He's highly active with his Club 16, Trevor Linden Fitness, and has recently announced his partnership with Prairie Naturals to help build awareness for men's health. Welcome to the show, Trevor. How are you? I'm great, Jamie. How are you doing? Doing very well. So since your retirement from hockey, it's not really a retirement from busy life, right? You know, life goes on, but I'm interested in the transition from professional yeah. sports to sort of not professional sports. Yeah. Well, when you think about it, I mean, it's the only thing I ever did from the time I was five years old. I knew nothing else. And what was amazing about retiring as a professional athlete is you go from the oldest per the old guy, you know, references the grizzled veteran most times at the, at the, at the age of 38, <laughs> the day you retire, you get to be a young man again. So it's quite an amazing thing. But, you know, and I think that speaks for a lot of us, you know, like you, we get into these trains of thought where, you know, I've taught for 25 years and I'm 50 years old and I'm the old guy. And you think, 50 is so young, man. Like, you know, you could just be getting started. So it's really a mindset. So that was a pretty cool experience I went through as a hockey player. And yeah, I mean, it was a big change. I mean, you're totally revamping your lifestyle. You know, I was not a professional athlete, but I was a commercial litigator for 20 years. And then at the age of 38, I lost 52 pounds and it kind of changed my life. And then I started publishing a health and wellness magazine and doing stuff like becoming a spinning instructor and all these different things. So a complete sort of sea change, probably around the same time that you experienced all these changes yourself. So I, I totally get it. If you haven't experienced it, it's, it's sort of a very strange feeling, right? Yeah. And it, it's amazing, I think, because ultimately there's a catalyst and your catalyst was different from mine. Mine yeah. was kind of forced on me. They basically said, hey, you're too old to play hockey. You need to move on. So they basically kicked me out of the club, which, uh, you know, yeah. but, I, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure your catalyst was very different. Incredible change of careers and by the sounds of it, a change of a lifestyle, which is really amazing. So let's maybe trade some hints. So what are you finding is key for you in terms of changing your lifestyle, but yet still maintaining your health? For me, you know, when I left professional sports, I guess I took for granted the fact that, you know, I'd go to work every day. And part of my work life was to work out, was to either practice or train. So when I left that, what I didn't realize is how important that was for my mental health. You know, yeah. how important just getting out and getting some physical activity was for me. And I realized, you know, that I needed it. You know, I was a better father, better husband, better friend, better coworker when I when I had that, you know, those that bit of endorphin rush from just getting a 30-minute walk or just finding, you know, some physical activity. So that was really important for me. Do you find your motivations are different now that you're not having to do it in support of a profession? For sure. And I noticed it at the end of my career, Jamie, that, you know, I, I started to become a guy like early in my career, I was doing it because I had to it was right. my job. Yeah, and yeah. then as I moved through my career, it actually became more of a lifestyle, something that I just I connected with. You know, I, I just needed and I enjoyed being, you know, it was a social thing. I'd hook up with my friends and, and, and you know, you just realize that that social interaction is important. You know, the physical action is important and less for your physical health, but more for your mental health. And, you know, working with the Canadian Men's Health Foundation is has taught me a lot and, you know, just, you know, we're really focused on, you know, men's health because I think it's something that men typically, you know, we said it in hockey, you know, you know, we suffered in silence because if you got hurt, if someone wasn't right, you just kept going. And I think men typically do that. And so 
bringing some of these issues to the forefront is, I think, pretty important for, for men because at the end of the day, a lot of times they take their health for granted and, and shove it to the side because they either have they have other more pressing things. I agree. And, and you kind of alluded to it. I feel the same way. So I exercise five times a week mm. and the days that I'm off, I know it because I haven't exercised that day. You know what I mean? Like I I feel it in my mood. I feel it in my sort of how I embrace the world, but even like a 45 minute hit exercise and I come out of it with those endorphins going and my whole perspective changes. Taking care of your stresses is important to the aging process. So how do you support your body? You know, I think, and just what you said, I mean, and it doesn't have to be, you don't have to climb a mountain, you know, I mean, yeah. for, for guys out there that it can be just a 30 minute walk outside and getting that mental release. And, and so, you know, I think that monitoring your mental health, monitoring your physical health, being an advocate for yourself, understanding, you know, obviously going to the doctor, you know, for regular checkups is important, but at the end of the day, you got to be responsible for where you're at. And, and I think that, you know, just knowing where you're at physically, mentally, keeping on top of it, using the resources that are out there, whether it's Canadian Men's Health Foundation, you know, they have an amazing website, you know, you can take some quizzes in that and learn about these things. And it's just, you know, it's just, it's just really helpful to kind of get to the next place. So there's a stat that's floating out there that says 72% of men have unhealthy habits. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it'd be at least that because I'm one of those 72%. Yeah. And I think, but I think at the end of the day, you know, and, and this is important because as we get older, I think there's an acceptance that, oh, I'm going to gain weight. I'm going to not be, be able to be as, uh, you know, physically fit. I, you know, and I think that that's a slippery slope because the minute you start accepting those things, yeah. I think that you're kind of waving the white flag a little bit. And, and that is kind of what I talked about being 50 years old and having that mindset, well, I'm the oldest guy in the room now. And, yeah. and so I think it's important to kind of, you know, continue to, you know, push on to find, a, you know, to eliminate some of those unhealthy habits, recognize what they are and make small changes. Like you're not going to go from zero to a hundred in a few days or a couple months. I mean, it's a journey. And I think that ultimately, you know, we all want to be able to be active with our kids and be active as we age and continue to do the things we love. So, you know, I think that's for me is the most important thing. And if we can, you know, use these resources to help us, that's the fun of it. I always kind of conceptualize it like I'm active and I'm doing what I'm doing because I can. Because there may be some point in the future as I get older and older where I can't do the things that I'm doing right now. And I kind of feel like as long as I can maintain those things, you know, you could probably go further and longer than you think you can as you age. You know, if you're doing it reasonably, if you're building to it, you're stretching or you're you're doing the post-workout care. But that's always my mindset. I think that's what keeps me motivated. For sure. And I think that one of the keys, too, is, is that when you build your social network a little bit around that, it really helps because, you know, to be able to have someone that can experience these things with you, regardless, whatever it is, a short hike, a walk, yep. a run, bike ride. I mean, you know, it, it acts as two things. It's a social network and it's also a, you know, a mental break, physical activities situation for you. So, you know, I, I think it's just understanding where we're at and trying to get the most out of ourselves. So I've actually scheduled a physical for the next couple. Of, it's coming up in the next couple of weeks. It's the first time I will have seen a doctor since COVID. How about you? Are you still hanging out with the doctors? I know I'm sure as a, a hockey player, yeah. you spend a lot of time with doctors. What are your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, and it, it's interesting. When I, when I retired from playing hockey, I mean, obviously, we had such a great network with the team. And then you leave and you're like, oh, my God, I don't have a doctor. You know what I mean? So yeah. thankfully, I'm in good hands with the team doctor that used to be with the team. And But yeah, for sure. I mean, seeing him regularly is important. I mean, but like I said, I mean, 
you know, those those are important. But you, at the end of the day, know what's going on with you and whether you're feeling tired or grumpy or, you know, you've gained some weight. I mean, these are warning signs for potentially serious issues. And I think that, you know, this is not the time to kind of bury it and just keep plowing on. I mean, I think it's important to talk about it, you know, advocate for yourself. Like I said, Canadian Men's Health Foundation, groups like this, companies like Prairie Naturals that, that have amazing products that can supplement us. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I'm 52 years old. And, yeah, I'm not what I was 20 years ago when I was 32. You know, my body's changing. You know, my testosterone levels are changing. So, you know, it could be as simple as that, you know, prostate issues. And there's great help, you know, regards to this supplement that can just give you that little boost that you need. And, you know, I think it's important that we, so, I mean, part of it is, okay, recognizing it, where I'm at, what am I feeling, and then saying, okay, where do I go to get some help? And, you know, at the end of the day, there are some great resources out there that we need to access. Okay, so I have my own fitness goals. I'm a little older than you, not much, but a little. So real quick, what are some of the things you're hoping for in the next 10 years? You know what? I think it's twofold. I mean, fitness goals are obviously one thing. But for me, it's also a mental health type thing. And I I spend a lot of time just on that, working with different therapists. And and because, you know, I think, you know, I've spent so much of my life on the physical side of things. And, you know, I I love to get out there. I love to be on snow. love to cross-country ski and ski tour and and hike and mountain bike. Those are all great things. But I also want to ensure that my mental health is that I'm finding and, and allowing myself to find happiness. And so... You know, and that, those really go hand in hand for me, you know, and it's not one or the other. And I think that for me, spending time on that, you know, just allowing myself, because I think a lot of times for me, it's just been go, go, go one thing to another. And I think at times you maybe lack, you know, the presence, lack, the, you know, the awareness of just to be still and just to take things in and not always thinking of the next thing and the next goal and so it's kind of twofold for me I want to be especially with my son he's five years old so to spend those that time just to be present with him and not be distracted and you know ahead of myself or whatever so I really look at you know I I have some people out there that I that I admire you know they're 70 in their 70s and they're still they're still cross-country skiing they're still hiking they're still enjoying life they're mountain biking and you know, I think that that's all possible. The minute we think it's not, we probably, you know, will agree with that. So the mind is a powerful tool. and I just want to stay, stay positive, stay engaged, you know, keep enjoying pushing the envelope and challenging myself. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Awesome. Thank you, Jamie. For more information about Trevor's association with Prairie Naturals, visit prairienaturals.ca. We have to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss the importance of morning rituals on The Tonic. Tired of lineups at your pharmacist? Why not try PharmaZ at the Zoomer store? Powered by the Health Depot, an Ontario-accredited pharmacy, PharmaZ offers a concierge approach to filling, refilling, and managing your prescriptions with free delivery anywhere in Ontario. To get started, visit zoomerstore.com and click on PharmaZ. And then click on the Circle of Care Pharmacy Program for your free initial consultation with a clinical pharmacist. Don't wait. Go today. Hi, this is Safina, and I'm a Walmart pharmacist. Whether you're looking for a medication review, diabetes screening, or have questions about your health, your local Walmart pharmacist is here to help. Find out more at walmart.ca slash pharmacy services. Welcome back to The Tonic, your prescription for a healthier and happier life. Here's your host and publisher of Tonic Magazine, Jamie Busson. 
Hinnicon guides and mentors people to work through seemingly unbreakable barriers, whether it be creating quantum leaps in their business or exceeding personal goals. She helps people challenge the thoughts and beliefs that are holding them back. Then through extensive work, those thoughts and beliefs are replaced with ones which help to supercharge her client's growth. As a peak performance coach, Hina has been a student of the mind, human behavior, and human potential for almost two decades. And for more information, you can visit hinnacon.ca. Welcome back to the show, my friend. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Happy to be back. So, last time you were on the show, you were super excited to talk about this topic, which we've never covered on the show before, and that is morning routines and their benefits. Are we ready? Yeah. I am ready. And actually, I have a question for you, Jamie. Yep. Do you have a morning routine? I do. I have one, but I'm not sure if it's what you mean. So okay. can I hear what you mean by morning yes. routine? And then I'll tell you if mine sort of fits that paradigm. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So when I'm talking about a morning routine, I'm really talking about starting your day in an intentional way. And you're actually carving out time to focus on yourself before tending to anybody else. And so most people don't do that. They start their days on autopilot. They're not even really thinking and they reach for their phone in the morning and they get drawn into their phone and they're in everyone else's agendas, looking at everyone else's updates when they haven't even thought of updating themselves for the day. And so they're starting in a reactive state. And that is very normal for most people. And they're getting drawn into the drama of their phone. And here is why that's problematic, because when you start your day that way, that sets the tone for your day, and it can be difficult to course correct and focus on your priorities. And then you go to bed that night, and you wake up, and you repeat. So for me, a morning routine is not doing what most people do on autopilot. Okay. So I don't want to answer your question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. I don't know. I don't know. What's the legal, what's the legal language? <laughs> I'm not pleading the fifth. That doesn't happen okay. in Canada. So I'll be honest. I have a ritual, which you are not going to accept as a ritual. And I do reach for my phone, but in a very different way. Okay. So I am actually, I'm a night owl. And my wife and I are on different sort of clocks. Like she can wake up and she's go, go, go. Like she'll go. She does the first dog walk of the morning or takes the dog out to pee in the morning. And she's out of bed long before I am. Whereas I go to bed much later than she does. And my, my energies are completely different. So in the morning, I will reach for my phone. But I tend to do like puzzles like Wordle or Pertle or Wordle or I'll check the news or I'll ch- or check. Sorry, I just had a reaction to check the news. Go on. Or I will sort of gear up because it just takes me a while. I'm not the kind of person who jumps out of bed. Like I don't exercise in the morning. I do it in the afternoon. My clock is just different. Okay. So that's not a problem. And there's people I'm sure that are listening to this that are be like, I am team Jamie. Yeah. That is how I am. I'm not getting up at the crack of dawn and jumping out of bed. You're not wired that way. It's not who you are. So that is totally fine. So you can still do what you're doing. But I want to invite you to, if you would like to, after we have this conversation, change a little bit of what you're doing in that time as you gear up. Okay, so I will take that under advisement, okay? (laughs) But I want to understand, why do you think the morning routine is so important and powerful? Like, explain to me why I should make a change. Yes, so I had a visceral reaction when you said that you look at the news, and this is why. 
because what you do first thing in the morning, your subconscious is open. You're kind of in that state, but you know, where you're just waking up. So you're in a state where you're actually very open and susceptible to things. And so this is why I don't want you watching the news or looking at it or reading the news first thing. I would rather, even if you're lying in bed gearing up that, I don't know, you listen to something different or you think about your goals or what do you want to create that day. And you consider that time with yourself sacred time and you connect with your goal and you decide what your priorities are and what you need to focus on and get done. Okay. That's what uh, I would say. Okay. So if I'm understanding you correctly, you're suggesting that I focus on me yeah. uh, so for the purpose of making sure that I'm for the rest of the day energized and focusing on the things that I need to get done. Is that pretty exactly. much it? And that you're, that's exactly it. And so you're putting yourself in a peak state when you're focused on you. Okay. When you're looking at the news, now we're kind of reacting to something that is external, no matter how, you know, last time we talked about reacting. So even if it's indifference, it's still a response to something external. So I want you to go inside first and you decide what you want and you decide to create your day. And then that stuff will still be there. Yeah. You know, you it, look it, at it later. it's interesting. I think if I were still practicing law, I think that would be very valuable advice because time management and focusing on what needs to get done is crucial to a thriving practice. Where I exist now is my day is very regimented because I go from project to project. And so I have weekly projects. This show is a weekly project. And if I don't get certain things done on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it doesn't happen. So I already know what my day is going to be. Similarly, if I'm publishing the magazine, which is bi-monthly, so I know exactly what I need to do each day. I don't need the motivation. It's got to get done. So I find that day, what I do, my ritual, for lack of a better word, is to get me into a state to do what I need to do. It's kind of a kindness I give to myself. Like I enjoy doing all those mental exercises and looking whatever it is I'm looking at on the phone. It doesn't distract me. But I understand what you're saying. Okay. Well, first of all, let me just say this. So time management. Yeah. So I don't believe in time management activity management, and that's what you're talking about really, is that you are managing your activity, what you need to get done in a certain amount of time to meet your obligation. Correct. Yep. Okay. So I'll give you the wordle. I'll give you that. Okay. That could be really fun. And it's still kind of you're in that, you're really connected to your subconscious and you're still creating in that way. Yep. I would invite you to just drop the news Maybe just for a week. And here's the thing, Jamie, even though you know what your day, your day is different now, you can still like in that morning state, in that peak state, who knows what ideas you might come up with, even while you're doing those games, because your subconscious is open and maybe you're just listening to something that is just more... Not to motivate you, but maybe to stimulate you. Okay, so now I can get on board with this, (laughs) but I do it at a different time. So I find my epiphanies come. The muse, right? The ideas that pop into my head are post-workout. So so if I'm exercising and I'm just emptying my mind or I'm just focusing on what's in front of me, whether it's lifting that weight or rowing or spinning or whatever it is, I can tune out all the noise. And when I tune out all the noise then the ideas flourish. And I've got like quite a creative mind. Or if I'm just mindlessly walking my dog, the creative ideas will flow into me. 
I, I can't describe it any better than that. And I no, think that I think so that's true. what you're talking about. It's exactly what I'm talking about. And the reason those creative, it's interesting because those creative ideas can flow to you when you're focused on a task that you've done repeatedly yeah. that doesn't need a lot of brain power. Correct. It's not taking a lot of energy. And so you can kind of numb out, you know, while you're doing your reps and open up the part of your mind for ideas to flow to. Absolutely. So is your advice trying to find something akin to that, like to start a routine? Would it be just kind of doing that? Maybe it's a meditation or maybe it's like some push-ups or something to start the day. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. You know, when I do this with my clients, see, the thing is, we have, I don't know, so many people are all or nothing, right? Uh, yeah. And so they're yeah. like, well, I can't wake up at six. Then don't wake up at six. I'm not asking anybody to wake up at six. Well, God bless but what you. what I yeah. do say <laughs> is, is maybe you could set your alarm if you want to start a morning routine and you're used to just kind of pressing snooze a bunch of times and then getting out of bed or reaching for your phone, that you you choose to do something different. Just set your alarm for, honestly, 10 minutes earlier. Or don't even set your alarm earlier. Just dedicate 15 minutes to maybe listening to something, to writing your goals, to meditating if you don't fall back to sleep, to getting up and doing some stretches. You can decide. I actually think one of the best things you can do, if I had to choose one thing, yeah. if I was like, there's only yeah. one thing, it would be gratitude. Okay. To start with gratitude, because gratitude really changes what you're focused on, and to start the day that way is really, really powerful. So we don't have to complicate it. It can be as easy as just having a notepad beside you and starting with gratitude. And then you can slowly build. You could build exercise. I mean, I love exercising in the morning. Mm -hmm. That's my peak time. But for you or for anyone else, for some people, it's the evening. For some people, it's the afternoon. And that's great. So you don't have to do everything in the morning. Like some people think, i got to write my goals. i got to visualize. I've got to exercise. I've got to do all of these things in the morning. And then that puts a lot of pressure on it. And then we just don't do it. And we're like, "Ah, I guess I'm not a morning person. Right. Okay. So one last quick question. Yeah. If you had to rank them, what is the key component of an effective morning routine? Okay. So number one, gratitude, for sure. And writing gratitude are your goal and or your goal. So that's what I do. I write my goal in the morning. And that really, again, has me feeling in control of my mornings because everything I do is going to come out of this now. And then I do some study. But when I'm talking about study, I'm not talking about it in the way that we've grown up in the educational system. I mean that I may be looking at a concept and reading something, but I'm going to look at it and read it. And I might read the same paragraph every day for a while and apply it to my life. Like, how can I live this material? So if I'm looking at a concept even around ease, and allowing things to be easy, and I'm reading of someone's writings on that, I will then see how can I apply this to my life? How would it apply to my goal? And then I really know if I've studied and understood something, if my results change. So I would say those are the concepts and some meditation, some visualization. I love those things. And then you can add things like exercise, stretching, yoga, whatever you would like, but make it fun. And something that over time, like you really look forward to. And then the idea is whatever you create in those 10 minutes, in that hour, we want to take that feeling throughout the rest of the day. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Jamie. For more information about Hina, visit hinacon.ca. For more great health and wellness interviews and articles, visit thetonic.ca. We have to take a short break, but we'll be right back on The Tonic. The Big Carrot is a worker-owned natural food market that's been committed to local, organic, non-GMO, and sustainable food systems since 1983. They're a one-stop shop offering produce, grocery, bulk, body care, and holistic dispensary. The juice and smoothie bars and kitchens serve up hundreds of healthy dishes and drinks daily. Building community is at the core of their vision, which they deliver through education, outreach, and giving. They want everyone to share in the goodness they offer. Visit their website for more information at thebigcarrot.ca. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000 square foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. Welcome back to The Tonic, your prescription for a healthier and happier life. Here's your host and publisher of Tonic Magazine, Jamie Busson. The Canadian Council of the Blind and Fighting Blindness Canada have released a report card on Vision Health in Canada 2021, which shows Vision Care in Canada has not returned to pre-pandemic levels due to significant staff shortages, surgical backlogs, and people not keeping their doctor's appointments or having their regular eye examinations. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Keith Gordon, Senior Research Officer at the Canadian Council of the Blind and author of the new Vision Report Card. Welcome to the show, Doctor. How are you? Uh, Great. Thank you very much, Jamie. I appreciate being here. So why don't you tell me a little bit about the Canadian Council of the Blind and Fighting Blindness Canada? Okay. At the Canadian Council of the Blind, uh, we call ourselves uh, the voice of the blind in Canada. We're a membership-based charity that brings together Canadians who are living with vision loss. Uh, That's people who are blind, people who are deafblind, or people who are partially sighted. We're engaged in advocacy on behalf of our members uh, in order to promote a sense of purpose, a sense of self-esteem, along with an enhanced quality of life uh, for all people living with vision loss. Now, Fighting Blindness, on the other hand, is a slightly different organization. Uh, It's the largest charitable funder of vision research in Canada. Uh, Over the last few years, the Fighting Blindness has invested over $40 million to research sight-saving cures and treatments for blinding eye diseases. They've funded over 200 research grants, which have led to over 600 discoveries in areas such as stem cell treatments, um, pharmaceuticals, gene therapies, things of this nature. And Fighting Blindness and the Canadian Council of the Blind have worked together over the last three years or so on a number of research projects, most of which have also been conducted in partnership with the ophthalmological and optometric societies. So there's been a, a wonderful collaboration between our two organizations and the professions in developing a number of these studies, to all of which are supportive of advocacy on behalf of people with vision loss. Let's turn to the specifics of the report. There were 108,000 fewer eye surgeries performed in Canada in 2021 compared to 2019. 
What impact is that having on eye care across Canada? Uh, the pandemic has had a huge impact on the state of eye care in Canada. Uh, a study we conducted in 2021 showed that there were 143,000 fewer eye surgeries in 2020 compared to 2019. We'd hoped that some of this backlog would have been overcome in 2021. Instead, as you pointed out, there were fewer eye surgeries in 2021 again compared to 2019. So the backlog for eye surgeries continues to grow. Uh, we also showed that the waiting time for eye surgeries continued to grow. So instead of overcoming some of this backlog and returning to pre-pandemic levels, things are actually getting worse. And the net result is that people are losing vision, some of it ir- irreversibly. Hmm. Your report also showed there were 1.8 million fewer optometrist visits in 2021 as compared to 2019. What do you think is contributing to this challenge? Like, what's happening? Why is this? I think a lot of it has to do with reluctance of people to go out during the pandemic. In 2020, we reported that there were 3 million fewer visits to optometrists than 2019. Wow. This was understandable. In 2020, optometrist offices were closed for a few months. We were in lockdown and people didn't go out. We thought that that might have changed in 2021, but clearly it hasn't. And I think what's happening is that if you don't have anything wrong with your eyes, and you don't have any pain in your eyes and you can see fairly well, you're going to say, well, gee, I'm not going to go see an eye doctor. COVID is more dangerous to me. I'm going to stay at home. Right. Uh, by doing that, you may be missing a diagnosis of, of diseases that are asymptomatic. Uh, most eye diseases don't have symptoms associated with them, and you can lose vision very quickly without knowing it. A recent survey that was done showed that two-thirds of Canadians haven't had an eye exam within the last year. Mm. And we know that about three-quarters of blindness can be prevented if diagnosed early, appropriate prevention measures are taken, and appropriate treatment, early treatment is started. So missing optometrist visits is concerning. As a net result, once again, is unnecessary vision loss. What uh, statistic or trend surprised you most in this current report? There were a couple of things that I found quite surprising. Firstly, uh, I was aware that the federal government and a number of provincial governments had provided additional funding to overcome surgical backlogs. I fully expected that this would have a large impact. I was told that uh, there was more OR time given to ophthalmology, and, uh, and I thought this overall this would have a, a big impact. However, what we discovered was that in many hospitals and clinics, the backlog continued to grow due to staff shortages. Uh, we see that on television almost every night in, in general, and the, the same is true in, in ophthalmology. Many nursing or allied staff were either sick due to COVID or were experiencing severe burnout that required them to take time off. A survey conducted by Statistics Canada reported that 25 to 40 percent of healthcare workers were considering leaving their place of employment or changing their jobs. Right. I found this to be quite concerning. In general, we all know that the healthcare system is struggling to overcome the impact of the pandemic, and vision care is clearly affected in, in a similar way. The second thing I found quite surprising that when we chatted with, uh, we interviewed a number of ophthalmologists for this study, and many of them told us that many of their patients weren't returning for necessary procedures. And when they did eventually come back, the doctors were observing that a number of their patients had lost vision. This, again, is unnecessary. People need to immediately to reschedule their doctor's appointments if they missed them during the pandemic 
make an appointment today and make sure you go back and see your doctor because you can't afford not to have treatment if you're in the middle of a, of a regular treatment regimen. I think that is very good advice. What do you believe is the most critical issue impacting vision care in Canada right now? What do you see? I don't believe there's one critical issue. There are many. Many of the problems have been building for some time, even prior to the pandemic. There's no quick fix to the situation. You can't just throw money at it and expect it to resolve itself. Uh, We believe that what we need is a a national vision health plan to address a, a wide range of issues affecting vision health. A plan that will look at all aspects of vision health, starting on the one end with prevention, all the way through diagnosis, treatment, and as well as vision rehabilitation. To, to this extent, uh, on June the 14th of this year, uh, the Honorable Judy Scro, the MP for Humber River Black Creek in Toronto, tabled Bill C-284 in the House of Commons, calling on the government to develop a national eye care strategy. We were absolutely delighted when we heard that Judy Scro was doing this. Uh, The Bill C-284 will commit the government to a firm timetable of one year from the day of passage to produce a national strategy on how to support eye care and deal with vision loss. So that's right, exactly what we want to see happening. And uh, I'd like to appeal to your listeners today that if they would like to learn more about the need for a national eye care strategy, and to join with other Canadians in petitioning our government to pass Bill C-284, they can visit a website that we have put together called www.stopvisionloss.ca. Stopvisionloss.ca. And sign this petition to encourage the support of, of this Bill C-284. Send a message to the Member of Parliament to support it. It's important that we work together advocating for vision health and hopefully with the support of everyone, this bill will get passed and thereby establish a a sound basis for planning vision health in the future. It's essential that we have a plan. We can't just keep throwing money at various components of vision health. We need to look at it in a concerted fashion. Fantastic. We will make sure that we put the link up in the show notes. So if people want to go to the website, we'll direct link to that petition so they can sign up. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, doctor. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you very much, Jamie. And thanks for putting up the, the link and I encourage everybody to support it. Fantastic. Thanks to all my wonderful guests, Dr. Colleen Hartwick, ND, Trevor Linden, Hina Khan, and Dr. Keith Gordon. And thank you all for listening to The Tonic. You can listen or download this episode as a podcast with full show notes, contact information for our guests, and links at thetonic.ca. To find out more about the show, you can always follow us at It's The Tonic on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. For great articles by amazing health and wellness writers, be sure to pick up your copy of The Tonic magazine. The November-December issue is now available free on racks at over 100 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in Toronto, west of Victoria Park. Or you can visit our new website, thetonic.ca. If you're interested in providing feedback or suggesting topics for the show, you can always email me at jamie at thetonic.ca. On our next show, we'll discuss the health and wellness issues that are important to you. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.